are listening to Brave Girls Club. I'm Lindsay. I'm Kelly. And I'm Krista. And this, this is, is a podcast. podcast. And it feels really weird to be doing this in the middle of the day. And guess what? It's our 10th episode. Oh, hell yeah. We're in the double digits now. Wow, look at us. We're in the double Ds. We we <laughs> We've grown so much. I'm so proud. <laughs> In the double T's. <laughs> oh, good one. The What's dirty been up? double D's. We got nine reviews on iTunes. Thanks, guys. And we have a five-star motherfucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now that we said that, someone jerk is going to go and give us four stars to just fuck it up. I bet. Who Hopefully four that? stars. I don't know. I like to tell people that know nothing about podcasts like yeah i have a podcast and it's on itunes and it's got five stars so and they're like wow <laughs> wow that's so cool <laughs> yeah like we have that like don't even know what a podcast is we have like three whole listeners yeah <laughs> and they each reviewed three times yeah. thanks guys thank you mm-hmm. uh we got a patreon we got a patreon mm-hmm. that's and a thing that happened we already have five patrons which is tight <clears throat> That's Shout out to <laughs> Natalie, Natalie, Michael, Michael, oh, Michael. Kyle, Kyle, Aaron McGuire, Aaron McGuire. He's one of my friends. Oh, okay. And Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. yeah, Dennis. Dennis. Who's Dennis? My brother, my <laughs> other brother. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we have five patri- patrons, and only two of them are my brothers. If all of Kelly's siblings um, pledged, we'd probably be good. Yeah. <laughs> We met our first goal, though. All the Mahoney's. Yeah, we got a clan going on. <laughs> we did meet our first goal, though. Yeah, that we, we did. To meet, so that's yeah, really exciting. Even. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though, because it says that we only have $14, but there should be 16 so Does Patreon take some? They only take 5%. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe someone didn't complete their credit card profile. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe Patreon's still, like, just... 14 is... Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. That's very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Oh, also, uh, Tara donated some money, not through Patreon, through uh, Venmo. And then my aunt also gave us some money through oh, okay. PayPal. Sweet. Cool. That's so awesome. Shout out to Tara and Jeannie. The, the best people. <laughs> like, look at all these people that like us enough to give us their money. Thank you. Yeah. Tight. I wouldn't that give feels... anyone any money ever. Same. <laughs> and I don't. Yeah. Don't even ask. <laughs> no. Come on. Come on. This week for our 10th episode, we're doing something different, kind of. Well, we did did a similar thing for our fifth episode. We're doing another themed episode. Right. Can you guess what it is? You got it. (laughs) It's (laughs) aliens. (laughs) Aliens. Spooky aliens. We have been wanting to do, like, we wanted to do this for our first episode this topic yeah right? yeah we wanted and to, then we've we didn't been talking about this since we started brave girls club like alien stuff but none of us have really done an alien story have we no, i mean yet. well the diet diet pass, pass is a little one alien-y. of the theories is aliens yeah. yeah but it's wrong because it was obviously a sasquatch hug yeah so true. yeah because they were all crushed yeah. yeah aliens don't crush things they just penetrate them yeah they just poke Ew! you in the butthole a little That's bit true. <laughs> <in the> butthole, <laughs> you see fire in the sky they just poke you in the eyeball 
that movie still gives me anxiety. Like, Researching for this episode um, really, really freaked me out <laughs> because alien stuff, I found out, legitimately scares me. Yeah. So, it is pretty spooky. Yeah. Well, I think it goes hand in hand with like end of the world stuff um, mm-hmm. freaks me out. Like, I cannot watch, like, an end-of-the-world movie unless it's Day After Tomorrow because Jake Gyllenhaal. But, like, any <laughs> other movie, like, I can't watch. So, it freaks me out. Like, I, but, well, actually, I did, like, that movie Arrival that I was telling you guys about. That was an alien movie. Mm. But only because it was, like, super unique. But was it sp- supposed to be scary or was it just, like, a science fiction? It was, like, a, just, like, a science fiction oh, okay. type of I haven't seen a movie. It. it was pretty good. Have um, you heard that theory about the movie Signs, where it's like the oh, aliens? Oh, I like that movie too. <laughs> Me <laughs> what too. Am I saying I hate all these alien movies, but I actually <laughs> like all of them. Well, the world doesn't end in it. Babe. Yeah, yeah. It, man, I love Signs, but it's kind of stupid. I love that. What movie. about what's Science? the theory? Have you heard the? Th- it's not like a theory theory, but it's like an interpretation of it where the aliens are actually demons, and that's why different people describe the aliens differently because they're like seeing what they're most afraid of. Oh. What? I don't know. I'll send you something, but it's like kind of cool. It's like absolutely not true, but <laughs> it's I guess cool I don't think remember about. it very well because I don't remember people seeing it dif- seeing the aliens differently. Oh yeah. Like before they're like sure that there's aliens, people are like I saw this creepy thin man or I saw none, or I don't know. I don't remember, but... Is that... Yeah. Uh, well, did M. Night Shyamalan write that as well? Psh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think he writes and directs all of his movies. I want to say, except for... Oh, speaking of that, I recently watched The Sixth Sense for the first time ever <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Finally, for someone who claims to be some big old horror lover... Did you never seen it? You didn't n- already know what was okay. gonna happen. So here's the thing: <laughs> it's like as the most watch- spoiled movie of all <laughs> but time. But it's weird because okay, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I've obviously seen things from it before, yeah. but I didn't know it was that movie. Okay. So when the whole like when it was like unraveling, I was like, oh, this is this movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So what was your reaction when you found out that Dumbledore died? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Wait, huh? No, um, when it did happen, I was just like, oh, it's from this movie. Yeah, I can't believe Darth Vader was his dad the whole time. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the, um, can we just have a moment to say how goddamn cute what is his name? Haley Joel, Joel Osmond. Osmond. <laughs> I was like, that was the, Kyle was probably getting so annoyed with me because the whole time I was like, look at his face. Oh my God. And he's like so sad throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, he's too sad. Like, <laughs> he's too cute to be so sad. Poor baby. I thought you were going to say how cute Bruce Willis is. Same. Hell yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Could Perfect get man. It. Could get it. <laughs> Krista is making a face. On other movies, I'm just gonna not comment. On other movies, before we get into the stories, real quick, Krista and I both saw Baby Driver. It has nothing to do with horror or anything, but it's really it good. Was really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. Like, that was a fucking fantastic movie. Yeah, it um, 
changed me. It's my favorite movie of 2017 so far. Yeah, I um I saw it and on the way home from the theater, I felt like I was driving too slow the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, why is it called that? Baby Driver? Yeah. Because his name is Baby and he's oh. a driver. <laughs> yeah. That is that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Wasn't it made by like the same people who do like the Edgar Wright directed it. The that... same Shauna the Dead like, yeah, guy. like the mm-hmm. Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movies. Yeah. Yes. yes. Did he do Hot Fuzz? Hot Fuzz is my favorite of the trilogy. I think so. I yeah. Edgar Maybe. Wright. Yeah. I like that movie too. Yes. Hot Fuzz. Yeah. I only know that because of Kyle, and I have to say that because I'm not going to take credit for knowing any of this just by myself. <laughs> is Kyle a movie nerd? Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. He is the only reason I know anything about movies. Like, for real. He showed you your first movie? Yeah. I never knew what a movie was. What, what was the first movie you ever saw? <laughs> baby driver <laughs> baby driver yeah wow. starting late yeah <laughs> no i <clears throat> uh i think the first movie we watched together was cabin in the woods <laughs> i like that one too yeah. yeah that is a good one but i love the um merman monster in cabin in the woods mm-hmm. all the cool monsters that's yeah. that's i always i always I really liked movies and i always really liked horror movies but i didn't like know any like this is the same director that did this movie and, oh, da, 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 and he gets real into that. So we should mention that George Romero passed away this week. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. That Bummer. I forgot about that shit. Yeah. That was sad. The master. Mm-hmm. The classic. And I've been thinking about zombies all week. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> zombies are on my mind. Yeah. I've been rewatching I Zombie. That's why. And I watched. Oh, that's a good show. I need to. I need to. Um, I watched season one, but I didn't watch season two or anything else yet. I need to watch more it of that. It stays pretty good. It's Rob Thomas. It's cute. The other Rob Thomas. Yeah, not the <laughs> other other Rob Thomas. No. Um, From the creator cute, of Matchbox Have Twenty. Have you seen? He's in I season saw two. No, I haven't. But it's I do. I've I've been meaning to watch it though because I've been super into zombie shit lately. Let's do a zombie episode. I watched World oh, yeah. War Z and we I was never like, talk I about really zombies. Like zombies. <laughs> I don't think we've ever like when we were talking about Campfire Tales and we're like, did a Sasquatch lick your bunghole? We never say anything <laughs> about. We never say anything about zombies ever, do we? No, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Maybe because they're so like fake, fake. <laughs> But, like, it's still fun. I don't know. Fake. Fake. Well, there's, like, those... What are they? They're, like, those zombie brain slugs that... No. There's, like, this kind of, like... I think it it might be, like, a mold or something that gets in ant brains or something. And then, like... They control. die, but it takes control of their body, like and then they're like did zombie with SpongeBob in that's that one episode. Just not. It's freaky. <laughs> nature scary. is weird. Yeah. Let's have a nature episode. That's the Freaky real scary nature. Episode. Okay. Should we talk about aliens again? Yeah. Um, okay. What are we yeah. doing? Hello. So we're going to start with talking about Area 51. Just yeah. a little, little summary. Mm-hmm. The Great I, American I Mystery. That we are history. not that far from. Mm-mm. No, we are not. And I would say we should go and visit, but I forget that uh, you can't. You're not allowed to go in there. <laughs> That's the whole thing. There <laughs> is. <laughs> There is like an alien road trip 
though, like where you like hit Isn't all the like alien spots. Yeah. Oh, like the extraterrestrial highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just all like tourist. Stuff. I watched a little yeah. video. I watched so many YouTube videos <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> The little alien. Yeah, I mentioned that. I mentioned that. that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So, um, let's go. Fun. Okay, so <laughs> in the summertime, though, we would all melt. And yeah, melt. hell no. My tires, I feel like, would not make it. Anyway, so in the middle of the desolate Nevada desert, an unmarked road can be found, surrounded by signs warning people not to trespass. Stop! You're it scaring me. It almost seems abandoned, <laughs> protect by a chain link fence and little else but it is under close guard 24-7 due to it being a top-secret U.S. military base known as Area 51. Say what? So America America was worried about the military technology being developed by the USSR. Like This is back in the day. So President Eisenhower approved a special base to be built for the U.S. military to develop aircrafts in 1954 after World War II and during the Vietnam War. By the summer of 55, testing for a new aircraft called the U-2 began. Coincidentally, sightings of UFOs skyrocketed that same year, many coming from commercial airline pilots mid-flight. At the time, manned aircrafts were believed to only reach heights of 10 to 20,000 feet. So you can imagine when these pilots saw aircrafts flying at heights of around 40 to 60,000 feet, they were a bit freaked out. Of course, military officials couldn't come out and say they were testing new aircrafts, so they excused these sightings as high-altitude weather research and natural phenomena. But that doesn't really account for, like, sightings that happened, like, outside of Nevada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a little spooky. Mm -hmm. Uh, The real alien conspiracies began in 1989 when Bob Lazar did an interview with a local news station. Bob Lasagna? Mm-hmm. Wow. He did an interview with this new station. Well, Bobby Laser. From uh, <laughs> Vegas. I don't really know how to say his name. but No, it's Bob Lazar. Okay, cool. Um, oh, Bobby Laser. <laughs> so he claimed he We're was pals. recruited. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> he claimed he was recruited by Area 51 officials to help reverse engineer an alien spacecraft at an even more top secret location known as S4. That's like in Area 51, mm-hmm. but like super more secret. Um, Lazar was a self-employed film processor and owner of United Nuclear, which is a semi-legal business which sells unlimited chemical materials to amateur scientists. He has stated uh, he has multiple degrees from several prestigious universities like MIT, but many of those universities have since come forward and released statements saying that they have no record of him attending their school. He also claimed to have helped engineer an anti-gravity propulsion craft powered by Muscovium, which is a very heavy and unstable element that had not been uh, not yet been given a name when the Tsar first made his claim. Still, even after being proven to be full of shit by several real <laughs> scientists and physicists, the conspiracies live on. Perhaps the most popular claim of his has produced a theory that Area 51 is a sort of meeting place for extraterrestrials, namely the Greys. Lazar has claimed that he examined nine alien spacecrafts being held at Area 51 and found that the seats were too small for an average adult human to fit inside. He then let it spill that there were actual greys sorry, uh, being housed at S4, where they were referred to by military personnel as the kids. Cute. <laughs> and yeah, the little tiny little gray guys. So cute. And they were given a space for their own research on the base in exchange for supplies, training, and fuel. 
until a conflict occurred, and the Greys killed 40 scientists on site before leaving back to a group of G-class stars about 40 light years away called Zeta Reticuli and vowing to return for the remaining spacecrafts. So that's probably where the idea is that uh, Greys are hostile to humans came from. They killed 40 scientists? Yeah. <laughs> According to Bob? Yeah. Bob said so. Um, so Bob said so. <laughs> um, although most alien conspiracies surrounding Area 51 are just that, Nevada is banking on the alien aesthetic. If you've ever driven from Southern California to Vegas, there are several alien-themed stops along the way, we including... A couple jerky stores, yeah. mm -hmm. an alien research center, which is really just an extraterrestrial themed gift shop, the extraterrestrial highway, the little alien, and appro uh, an appropriately themed hotel in Rachel, Nevada, and last but not least, the Area 51 Alien Cat House, the world's <sighs> alleged only alien themed <laughs> brothel. I went to their website just to like, see what was up, and none of them looked like they were like in alien, like... I read that they were, like, supposed to do, like, alien-themed fantasies for people, but they didn't, like, really look like that. Do people go there looking for that? I don't know. It seems like people just probably go there for prostitution. For some humping, yeah. but... Uh, for some humping. Yeah, I don't know. Raw dog and non... That was gross, sorry. <laughs> I don't think... Are they allowed to do that? No. Or, I don't think they are. Anyway, so yeah, that's a little bit of history about Area 51, where like the conspiracies come from. But like I said, that's not, uh, it doesn't explain like the other alien sightings, unless mm -hmm. there are other secret military bases that we don't know about. Yeah, but, and how did those 40 scientists die? Yeah, Just I don't kidding. know. But, they they um, never existed. Do you want to talk about some alien sightings? Uh, yeah. Or UFO sightings, Kelly? So... Kelly, Kelly. Get ready for a history lesson because that's all I do. I only do the boring stories. That's pretty much what all of this is. <laughs> okay, so here are five historic UFO sightings throughout history. These are, um, all of these are from before Roswell. So that was the big one in America. What year was Roswell? 1947, I think. 47, okay. A lot of people link Roswell with Area 51. But they it happened like 10 years before well, they think that, like, the wreckage from Roswell was taken to Area 51 to be, like, right. studied or whatever. Okay. So the first one is the Thule Papyrus. The Thule Papyrus was a document that was reportedly among the papers left behind by Alberto Thule, director of the Vatican's Egyptian Museum when he passed away. However, it has since been lost. According to legend, it was originally found by Thule and his brother, a Vatican priest during a visit to Cairo in 1934. The pair couldn't afford to purchase it, so they made a copy, which then went through multiple translations. Supposedly, the document described a strange event witnessed by Pharaoh Thutmose III, which reads, in the year 2022, uh, in the third month of winter, in the sixth hour of the day, the scribes of the House of Life noticed a circle of fire that was coming from the sky. From the mouth, it emitted a foul breath. It had no head. Its body was one rod long and one rod wide. It had no voice. According to the manuscript, more of the discs kept appearing, then eventually the whole group of them vanished to the south, dropping a rain of fish and birds in their wake. It's unclear whether the Thule papyrus ever existed or if it was just a hoax. It was believed to be in the possession of the Vatican, but the Vatican now claims that the document has 
vanished and hasn't been seen in several decades. What the heck? I thought that one was super cool. That's probably my favorite one. The it's Catholics good to start with something. the best one. They know something. Everybody knows something, but nobody want to say. I don't know anything. <laughs> so that one. Oh, no, no. Like the document was supposedly found in 1934, but that one goes back to like ancient, ancient Egypt. Spooky. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Aliens mm. built the pyramids, by the way. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> okay. Sighting uh, at a battle in Rome. In 74 BCE, the Roman historian Plutarch described reports from eyewitnesses in two opposing armies in the western part of what is now Turkey. Their battle was interrupted by a bizarre sight. Plutarch wrote in his text, Lucilis, but presently, as they were on point of joining battle with no apparent change of weather, but on all of a sudden, the sky burst asunder and a huge flame-like body was seen to fall between the two armies. In shape, it was most like a wine jar and in color like molten silver. Both sides were astonished at the sight and separated. This marvel, as they say, occurred in Phrygia. I don't think I'm saying that right. At a place called Otrae. NASA astrophysicist Dr. Richard Stuthers wrote in his paper examining ancient unidentified flying objects that the phenomenon could have been an alien craft, but that it was probably a bolide, a type of meteor that breaks apart in the atmosphere. But meteors are generally black, Dr. Stellers noted, but the silver color could have been the incandescence of the falling object. However, other records from Phrygia, I think I'm saying that wrong, at the time, don't mention a meteor sighting, even though Phrygians traditionally worshipped meteors. So, Aliens. what did they see? Aliens. Probably. That's what I think, and that's what everybody thinks. Okay. This one is actually two sightings, twin sightings over medieval Europe. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Stop turning it down. Yeah, turning it down. <laughs> He just turned down Lindsay's mic all the way. <laughs> <laughs> two sightings, five years apart and 270 miles apart in Nuremberg, Germany and Basel, Switzerland, bore some striking similarities. On April 14, 1561, residents of Nuremberg witnessed what seemed to be an aerial battle over their city. They described objects shaped like orbs, crosses, cylinders, and a black arrow-like vessel. After some time, they heard what seemed to be a major crash outside the city. The residents of Nuremberg believed the sky battle was a religious sign. The event was recorded on a woodcut broadsheet by Hans Glazer, who said, Whatever such signs mean, God alone knows. An unrelated woodcut dated five years later and created by Samuel Cotius displays a similar scene, this time red and black orbs battling over the town of Basel, Switzerland. Battle of Los Angeles. Do you guys know about this one? The Battle of Los Angeles? Yeah. That's a good movie. I'm just kidding. No, I haven't. Oh, is it a movie? There is yeah. a movie called it sounded, Battle of Los Angeles. It sounded like a movie, but... The Battle of Los Angeles. It was three months after the attack on Pearl Harbor in February 1942, and America had just joined the war. Rationing was rolling out. Executive Order 9066, which would remove Japanese Americans from the West Coast to internment camps, was signed by FDR just a few days before. Mm. Two days earlier, a Japanese submarine shelled the Elwood oil field outside of Santa Barbara, less than 100 miles from Los Angeles. 
Some blame what happened in Los Angeles on February 25th on the nerves of a civilian population that wasn't used to being in a state of war. Others, of course, say it was aliens. It was aliens. (laughs) Late on the night of February 25th, something triggered an anti-aircraft alarm and air raid sirens in Los Angeles, California. Scary. Oh, my God. They're yeah. like uh, sirens when it rains by the lake that do yeah. that, and it's really scary. Is like, it like, what does it sound like? Like a like a freaking... Like, like yeah. Those kind? Like, yeah. They're coming. Yeah. Like, hide. Run. <laughs> but when it rains, so they tell people to like get out of the lake when it rains, but... Why do you have to get out of the lake when it rains? I don't know. Is I that guess. when those human-teethed fish come up? Uh-huh. Okay, that makes sense. Also, uh-huh. um, <laughs> like the mer people and the beavers come out when it rains. Are they friends? No, that's oh. why we have to get out because they're about to fight. The Battle of Spring Valley Lake. <laughs> yeah, beavers versus mermen. Uh, where was I? Okay, so something triggered anti-aircraft alarms and air raid sirens in Los Angeles, California. So it was all loud and scary like that. And then a blackout was called as searchlights pierced the night in search of Japanese attackers. And reports came in of an unidentified flying floating object off the coast of Los Angeles. The Army artillery went on the offensive for an hour beginning at approximately 3.15 a.m. on February 26th. Troops fired more than 1,400 rounds but were unable to shoot down the object. Five people died during the blackout, three in car accidents and two from heart attacks. No enemy planes or UFOs were hit by American shells, and eventually the blackout order was lifted and the president notified. At first, War Secretary Henry L. Stimson claimed that 15 aircraft were involved in the battle. Then, officials said it was simply a false alarm. Eventually, the Army claimed that the object was a weather balloon, sparking suspicions of a cover-up that continued to this day. Because it's never a weather balloon. Those aren't even real weather balloons. Yeah. They just make that up. I've never even seen a balloon. <laughs> Me either. What's a balloon? <laughs> Hell if I know. And then, of course, the Washington State sightings. Just a month before the Roswell incident, a pair of UFO sightings helped kick off our modern alien obsession and added flying saucers and men in black to UFO lore. No! Hell yeah! No! (laughs) In late June of 1947, Harold Dahl reported seeing six flying saucers shaped like donuts (laughs) flying high over Puget Sound near Maury Island. Hell yeah, donuts. 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 Dahl claimed that one of these saucers exploded and that the debris struck his boat and injured his son. He showed evidence of the debris to his employer, Fred Chrisman, in Tacoma, Washington. Not long after the incident, though, Dahl reported that a man in black in a black suit uh, threatened him and destroyed his photos. Eventually, he recanted after the FBI publicly denied his story. But the Maury Island incident had already captured the imagination. At the same time, a few days after Dahl claimed he saw the saucers and two days before he and Chrisman reported them, a businessman and pilot named Kenneth Arnold saw nine strange flying objects over Mount Rainier in Washington. A second man, a prospector on the ground, reportedly saw the same objects at the same time. Arnold estimated that the flying saucers were speeding along at 1,700 miles per hour. He suspected the crafts were experimental military aircraft, but the military denied that it was conducting any test flights at the time. 
According to Arnold, yeah. Well, maybe it might be aliens. But what's worse? It was aliens. Okay. (laughs) According to Arnold, the military asked him not to speak about the flying saucers after the Roswell incident, and or wait, after the Roswell incident and several other flying saucer reports, the Air Force began investigating. Officials found Arnold and the prospector's UFO sighting credible, but attributed it to a mirage. We know the rest of the story. On July 8th, reports came out from Roswell Army Field that the flying disc had been recovered that a flying disc had been recovered from a ranch near Roswell. With the other saucer reports of 1947, word spread before the army could get in front of it. The events that followed would lodge stories of UFOs and alien encounters deep in the American psyche. A mirage in Washington. You're yeah, right. that only happens in the desert. Yeah, right. That only happens in cartoons in the desert. The desert is spooky. True. We live in the desert. It is. It's spooky but here. It's spooky. <laughs> you guys should visit. This is where people dump their bodies. Yeah, if you got yeah. a body to dump, it's a good place. If you want to go alien hunting, it's a place to do it. True. Um, I remember my stepdad's mom came and visited from out of town and she was up on our balcony you know how you can like kind of see everything she was yeah. like wow have you guys ever seen any aliens from up here <laughs> have you <laughs> i don't uh, think so not as far as i know Spooky. that would be a good place to alien sightsee yeah i want to see an alien one of the most yeah. common places that reports like alien aircraft sightings is mexico hmm. we should go to mexico we should go to mexico Maybe not. Well, it's a little spooky in Mexico right now, I think. A little bit. I'm trying to have a margarita now. <laughs> we could just we get that at Viva Maria. Yeah, Viva Maria's. <laughs> Do you think there's aliens there? Maybe. Spooky. They like chips and salsa. So do I. Who Am doesn't? I an alien? Honestly, who doesn't? What For are real? the chances that I'm an alien? That's the only reason why they 50, won't 50 attack. probably. Because they need to come down to eat our chips and salsa. True. Okay. Um, are we ready? Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, do you have a story yeah. to tell? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to do. Okay. <laughs> what else would I be ready for? The I end. don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm my story this week um, is Betty and Barney Hill, which everybody yeah, knows about. A classic. It's a classic. But this story is very long. Not the one that I'm like, not the version I'm doing today. Like, there is a lot on this. So mm-hmm. if you are interested, please go on YouTube. And there are like two documentaries that I watched and like there's just like a ton of stuff. Yeah, this is like the quintessential abduction story. Yes. And I actually I mean, like I knew like the names like Betty and Barney Hill, but I never like looked into it because, again, alien stuff does freak me out. So I never looked into it. But this time I did. And so this is the. The base of the story, there is so much. So maybe we can do a follow up alien episode and I can do more like theories and stuff on this story. Yeah, this, this one's is a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So hang on. Let me switch my f- phone and the microphone. Okay. <laughs> the Hills lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, Barney. Uh, 
Barney. That's just a silly <laughs> name. Barney was em- this is a little backstory on them. Barney was employed by the United States Postal Service while Betty um, was a social worker, active in local um, a Unitarian congre- congregation. The Hills were also members of the NAACP and community leaders, and Barney. Um, sat on a local board of the U.S. Civil Rights Commission. They were an inter- an interracial couple at the time when it was particularly uncommon in the United States. Um, Barney was African American and Betty was white. So, I didn't know that until very recently. Like nobody ever mentions that oh, when yeah? they're talking about the story. That they're that's, like interracial part of couple. why that's part of why like he didn't want to like do or say anything because he probably thought that people wouldn't believe him Mm -hmm. yeah that sucks he didn't want to deal with the police or anything yeah okay so uh, according to a variety of reports given by the hills given by the hills um the alleged ufo sighting happened on september 19th 1961 around 10 30 p.m The Hills were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls and Montreal. Just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter upward upward to the west of the moon. While Barney navigated U.S. Route 3, Betty reasoned that uh, she was observing a falling star, only it moved upward instead of falling down um (laughs) which usually is what falling stars do um since it moved um erratically and grew bigger and brighter betty urged barney to betty barney (laughs) it's just funny to say sorry (laughs) betty urged barney to stop the car for a closer look as well as to walk their dog del delzy del d-e-l-s-e-y delzy delzy okay cutie yeah probably cute i actually googled to see if there are any pictures of the dog and there are (laughs) it's cute okay um barney stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of twin mountain spooky name twin Twin mountain that's spooky betty looking through binoculars observed an odd shaped craft flashing multicolored lights Uh, travel across the face of the moon because her sister had confided in to her about having um, a flying saucer sighting several years earlier betty thought it might be what she was observing Um, through binoculars barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airliner traveling uh, toward vermont on its way to montreal i love that these people just have binoculars in their car. I know. Do you guys not have binoculars in your car? No. Are you a bird watcher? Do you think I, they're bird watchers? I, I am an amateur they're just, astronomer. They're just like 1961, so, like pulling over with their little picnic basket. I imagine her having a little handkerchief right around her neck. Oh, like looking all cute. Anyway, <laughs> I do have binoculars though. They're right there. I have binoculars, just not in my car. I used to keep them in my car when I was taking an astronomy class, but that's cute, (laughs) Krista. Anyway, anyway, however, um, he soon changed his mind because without looking as if it had, as if 
it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. This observation caused Barney to realize this object that was a plane was not a plane. He quickly returned to the car and drove toward friend. Sorry, guys. Frenzo- Frenzona Notch? Somewhere? Sure. Somewhere Sounds like there. a thing. Yeah. A narrow, mountainous stretch of road is what it was. The hills claimed that they continued driving on the isolated road, moving very slowly through um, the narrow mountain stretch of road in order to observe the object as it came even closer. At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and a signal tower on top of Cannon Mountain. It passed over the mountain and came out near the old man of the mountain <laughs> what are all these places these the names? old man of the mountain that's like what's on the new hampshire quarter oh okay you know no i don't oh it's like i this. don't know shit about new hampshire <laughs> it's except like this, for this it's this cliff side that looks like a man's face oh it's pretty cool i think the nose just fell off or something oh really i might be Is making relevant? that up that's called mount rushmore <laughs> <laughs> did the noses fall off of mount rushmore not yet i don't think <laughs> Okay. It's going to be a funny day, though. It's not relevant. It's just cool. It's going to be a funny day, though, (laughs) when the noses (laughs) fall off. Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the giraffe cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that it seemed to be rotating. The couple watched as the silent illuminated craft illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth in the night sky could you imagine could you imagine being on that craft they're probably like really dizzy like boy please (laughs) chris i'm talking about if you were the person seeing (laughs) if you were not the alien imagine being on that spaceship just a normal person they have got to have motion sickness they're like that's like not a thing for them Maybe. I bet they're like letting a cat drive. I bet it's like Toons's. Stop. <laughs> it was some aliens like driving test. <laughs> some 16 year old alien. <laughs> that would it's explain student all driver. of this. It's a student driver on the, <laughs> the UFOs, like a bumper sticker. Aww. Anyway, Aww. cute. <laughs> Teenage aliens. Not even supposed to be at Earth. That's a good movie. Anyway, approximately one mile south of. Indian head, they said the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop directly in the middle of the highway. The huge silent craft hovered approximately 80 to 100 feet above the hills, um, ni- above the hills' 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air. Cute. And filled the entire field um, of the windshield. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake. Carrying yum. Same. <laughs> Carrying his pistol in his pocket, um, he stepped away. Oh, poor Barney carrying his pistol in his pocket. Uh, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Why, Barney? Why? You're just like one of those guys in a horror movie. It's like don't no. Just go away they from didn't it. Have a lot of those back then. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. They no. didn't have any references. 
Also, it looks like a pancake. True. <laughs> and if your like dog and wife were, in, were like in the car and there was like some danger and you were a dude in the 1950s or 60s or whatever, wouldn't you be like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go take my gun. I'll check it out, babe. Yeah. Okay. Using the binoculars, Kelly's favorite, or <laughs> yeah, Kelly's favorite part, uh, Barney claimed to have seen about eight to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, seeming to look at him. In unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. Um, the one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Vogue. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> red lights on what appeared to be uh, bat wing fins began what began to telescope out of the sides of the craft and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft the silent craft approached to what barney estimated was within 50 to 80 feet overhead and 300 feet away from him on october 21st 1961 barney reported to investigate to it NICAP investigator Walter Webb that the quote beings were somehow not human unquote Barney tore the binoculars away from his eyes and ran back to the car in a rear hysterical state he he in a near hysterical state <laughs> sorry rear. Rear. <laughs> he told Betty uh, quote they're going to capture us unquote <laughs> This dude, <laughs> just like imagining him, like yeah, these guys are nerds. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to capture us. <laughs> this is like some it's like a bad like, high school. Brad play. and Janet, like yeah, yeah, Rocky, Rocky Horror Picture. Horror. Yeah. Um, he saw the object again shift its location to directly above the vehicle. He drove away at high speed, telling Betty to look for the object. Um. She rolled down the window and looked up. Almost immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or buzzing sounds, which they said seemed to bounce off of the trunk of their vehicle. The car vibrated, and a tingling sensation passed through the hills' bodies. The hills said that at this point in time, they experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness that left their minds dulled. A second series of beeping or buzzing sounds returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles south, but had only vague spotty memories of this section of road. They recalled making a sudden unplanned turn, encountering a, ro a roadblock and observing a fiery orb in the road. What That's terrifying. Hell? That's how I feel when I'm driving at work. <laughs> <laughs> Arriving home at about dawn, the hills uh, assert that 
they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain. Betty uh, insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches would never run again. Barney, yeah, Barney said that the leather strap for the binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Gosh, dang it, Barney. Barney says he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. So that's good. Yeah. They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed. I'm just like imagining them like this is like a cute cute. date. Yeah. Date night. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) uh, Perplexed, the Hills say they tried to reconstruct the the chronology (laughs) a long parallelically time have you seen that video (laughs) the chronology of events as they witnessed the ufo and drove home but immediately after they heard the buzzing sounds their memories became incomplete and fragmented after sleeping for a few hours betty woke betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, um, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. And there's a whole damn thing about this dress. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline, and the pink powder blew away. But the dress was... Um, uh, the dress was like super damaged and torn and stuff. Uh, she threw it away, but then changed her mind, retrieving the dress and hanging it in her closet. Over the years, um, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysts on the dress. But I guess nothing really came of it, but a lot of people have a bunch of theories about this dress. So you can look that up if you want. It was her favorite dress. Mm-hmm. There were uh, shiny circles on their car's trunk that they had not that not bleh, that had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots, the needle would whirl rapidly. But when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots, it would drop down. And that's pretty much what happened after. And then, I mean, um, there's a whole thing about Betty having all these crazy dreams afterwards and stuff like that. That's pretty crazy. But that's just where I stopped it because I was like, okay, I don't want to. I could go literally on forever on this. This is like the story that people like refer to. And a lot of like abduction stories since have like taken a lot from this. Mm -hmm. Also, just to add like... um, Betty wanted to keep their luggage that was in the car, like, by the entranceway because she thought that it was, like, radioactive Mm -hmm. now. Like, she was afraid. And um, Barney's scuffed shoes, the toes were scuffed on the top. Mm -hmm. So it looks like he was dragged Dragged. with, like, limp (gasps) legs Uh against gravel. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the scariest parts. Mm -hmm. Well, 
another scary part is okay you said that barney was compelled to examine his genitals Mm -hmm. but everything was okay Mm -hmm. about a month after he started getting a perfect circle of warts around his wiener and balls and it was like a perfect circle Mm -hmm. that's aliens aliens yeah they poked at his ween ween as pp they done did it they dig a dang poked at that weenie. I feel like yeah. a lot of people probably feel like that story is like overdone, but it's very interesting. Like when you yeah. when you actually well, I get didn't into really the know details that much of about it. it, so yeah, I don't. I yeah. feel like people don't really know mm-hmm. like the whole story. Yeah, they it's just, just think like, oh, Betty and Barney Hill. They that's like they the got couple abducted by yeah. aliens, whatever. But it really is like such a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, like the lost time and how they like traveled without realizing it. Like how much time did they lose? Like eight hours or something crazy like that? Yeah, and they like when they regained consciousness, they were like 35 miles like away from where they were before. Mm -hmm. That's insane. How much time do we have? Malik. Because I have another little story that I prepared. Okay, cool. Mm. I feel like there was something else about Betty and Barney Hill. Never mind. I can't remember it. If you remember it, just let us know. But I prepared also another little thing about aliens. And um, (laughs) so... Are we about to get scullied? Maybe. Because... Okay. What if I told you that humans are aliens and Earth was a prison planet... This is why I like salsa and chips. Um, that was meant to contain whoa, 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 us until whoa, whoa, whoa. we learned. <laughs> Sorry, that was the uh, that was the reaction you wanted. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Escuch me. Um, that's Dang, what really one. <laughs> that's what one ecologist thinks that like Earth is a prison planet meant to contain us until we learn to behave. Just one ecologist. Yeah. Well, there's some other sign. people that uh that I think, think I'm this, pretty but. Good. Um, his name is Dr. Ellis Silver, and in his book titled Humans Are Not From Earth, he puts forth a hypothesis that humans are a brutal, violent species that could not get along well with other aliens on our home planet, so we were sent to Earth in order to sort out our misbehavior. Hell yeah! USA! 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 Uh, Dr. Silver supports, and I use that term very loosely, his prison planet theory with evidence that we just aren't cut out to live here. Number one. We sunburn easily. We can adapt to the atmosphere, which can also be said of rhinos, elephants, and any other animal with skin that is not covered by fur or scales. But mm-hmm. they're also uh, bad aliens. Yeah. Rhinos are the worst. No, Two, they're cute. We contract disease easily, and it's a high killer of humans. But the mortality rate is going down as we make scientific advancements. Number three. Childbirth is more difficult for us than most other mammals. Human infants' heads are larger than they should be. But that's not really the reason for infant mortality. Same with pugs. Yeah, it's like infant mortality is like malnutrition and stuff. Babies' heads do be big, though. True. Gross. Make them smaller. Yeah. Make them real small. (laughs) Tinier (laughs) than their bodies should be. (laughs) Little Barbie doll heads. (laughs) Number four, we dislike naturally occurring foods and prefer processed, seasoned, and cooked foods. Well, yeah. But honestly, it's probably because of all the chemicals and shit that's in the food. And uh, 
if you like quit eating fast food for a while, you like start to crave fresh foods. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happens to you guys, but yeah. it happens to me. Uh, number five, humans suffer from bad backs because we're used to a lower gravity or we're all very overweight and we have hard <laughs> labor jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, humans are accustomed to a 24 or 25 hour day, not a 24 hour day. And which is, I guess that's true. That is true. So that's weird. That's why we're tired all the time because yeah. we want to sleep longer than we can every day, an hour longer. That's why it's easy to like stay up an hour later every night and then you get all wonky. Which is very, very spicy. I sleep too much, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> that might be something to talk to your doctor about. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe you're just like not from here. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're not from Earth. Do you glow in the dark? <laughs> if you swim in the Silverwood Lake, you'll, you'll start to glow in the dark, though. There's what? like toxic algae in there. Oh, and it die. makes you sick. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> so uh, his last bit of evidence is more of an anecdotal one, which is simply that many humans don't feel like they belong on Earth. <laughs> Dr. Silver claims that his theory was mostly meant to be thought-provoking, but naturally, this hasn't stopped people like Alex Jones <laughs> from hijacking his theory and taking him at his word, making it fodder for foil hat wearing reptilian overlord fearing shut-ins. Um, Me. I think we Daniel... We should have done this episode with the little foil hats on. Oh, We should take pictures. We should okay. take pictures. Do you have foil? I do. No, let's, take a, let's take an Instagram pic. Okay. All right. So uh, I think Daniel Oberhaus from Prohibited.com sums it up best. He says, the appeal of Silver's theory is obvious. There are some definite definite biblical undertones. Humans are condemned to live in sin on earth. Those who figure out how to not do heinous things to another will be delivered to heaven, um, as well as historical precedent. During the time of the British Empire, North America and Australia were both used as penal colonies to which British convicts would be sent and auctioned off to plantation owners. And when one looks around at all the violence in the world, it's not hard to see how someone might imagine that we're trapped in some kind of hellish extraterrestrial prison. In this case, however, it appears that reality is even more fantastic than our fictions. We weren't dropped off here by aliens. Instead, Earth's millions of diverse life forms emerged from some common bacterial ancestors swimming around in a primordial goop. Life isn't perfect here on Earth, but considering how random it is that life even exists here at all, it seems a bit pe- pessimistic to insist on calling it a prison. The end. That was cute. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cute, yeah. Krista. That was very cute. Thank you. I just thought that was an interesting theory. Because, like, if you do think about it, but, like, not too hard, it does seem kind of plausible. Mm-hmm. I like that the last one was that we feel like we don't belong. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else, like, feels like that. Like, oh, man, like, Earth sucks. This planet sucks. <laughs> I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Like, the people who have learned and are ready to go back to our home planet are mm-hmm. like, okay, guys, let's catch up. But people just don't learn fast enough. Earth so. is kind of cool. Yeah, I like Earth. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I enjoy the ocean, the mountains. I like to look at a tree. I like when there are birds in the tree. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Earth is tight. I'm scared of the ocean, I but... I like to look at a tree. <laughs> I like it when there are birds in the tree. But you know what? I think that the only thing... <laughs> Please don't make fun of me. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. I think that the biggest thing that disproves Dr. Uh, Silver's whole thing 
is that we have dogs on this planet and we don't deserve them. And I feel like if we were in prison on this planet, we wouldn't get those. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff here. Mm hmm. Like yogurt land. Yeah. We got yogurt land here. You don't get yogurt land in prison. I don't think so. Also, chips and salsa. (laughs) Dang, you're hungry. (laughs) I am like actually starving. (laughs) Let's go get chips and salsa. We should get food after this. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Um, Plug our stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to give our actual Facebook URL today because I noticed that other podcasts do that. And that's smart. And we are dumb. We're smart, too. <laughs> so We're about to be smart. Our Twitter is at Brave Girls Pod. Our Instagram is at Brave Girls Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can email us at, uh, gosh dang it. I guess we're at Brave Girls Club podcast on uh, Facebook, Facebook, but I'm on the app and it, it doesn't give me the URL. It's probably facebook.com slash yeah, Brave Girls Club, Club podcast. podcast. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what else? Oh, our, our, our freaking email. Patreon. Oh, and our email. Our email. <laughs> if you have any spooky campfire tales for our mini episode that you want to send in. Or if you just want to say hi. Have you seen a zombie? Did you kiss a zombie? Did you hug a zombie? Did you bite a zombie? Oh, yeah. Those guys are cool. Vampires? Yeah. What? Say it again. Vampires? I couldn't. It couldn't come out of my mouth for some reason. Try again. I tried to like mimic you, but I was like, <laughs> Chris is over it. Okay, good. Sorry, good. Yeah. Yell. Okay. Send that to our email, which is bravegirlspodcast at gmail.com. You can also message us on Facebook. If you don't have a Facebook or an email, you can message us on Instagram or Twitter, whatever works for you. And mm-hmm. Now we're on iTunes. Check us out. We're Brave Girls Podcast. Brave Girls Club Podcast. Mm-hmm. And our tight. Patreon. Oh, please uh, review us. Yes. If you... Oh, should we do the shouty outies from yeah, the but last... A lot of people didn't sign their name, which is fine. You we'll don't have to put your name. Username. Two of them are like jumbles because it will just like assign you nonsense. If you don't put it in a username. Okay. Our friend Tara reviewed us. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tara. Woohoo. Shout out. Thank you. Shout out to H-H-J-J-G-X-Z-T-I-J-B-M-I-J-F-X. Thank you. Thank you. That is an alien. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Slowhand29. Hey. hey. Which is a reference to our last episode. Krista. It was so Creepy hand. guy. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who the guy killed who the girl. The consensual murder of... What was her name? Don't ask me. Sharon Lapotka. <laughs> uh, shout out to the other other Night Stalker. Shout that out is to- a fucking good name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That made me chuckle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. Uh, shout out to E. Weiss. Which is... It sounds like someone we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening. Because mm-hmm. mostly our moms listen to uh, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, shout out to A A A Z C F D R E. 
Shout out to whoever you are. Shout out to Spooky Gal 95. Shout out to Kelly Mahoney 425. That's me. (laughs) I reviewed it because I wanted to make sure that it was working right. Can you say your written review real quick? Yeah, it just says, hi, I'm on this podcast, and this review is to test to make sure reviews are working. Test, test, honk, honk, five stars. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it was going to show up because Lindsay said that her review wasn't showing up. So It took me like a while for mine to show up. Yours is on there now? Yeah. Are you Spooky Gal 95? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Duh, come on. All right. Kyle think- said he's tried like five times and it still he won't work. He has to do it from like a desktop. So try it on a desktop if it's not working, please. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd hate for you to go through all the trouble, but. Yeah. It's, I feel it's- like we deserve a good five stars and you have some time, some extra time. Just go ahead and go on a desktop. Yeah. If you don't know how to do it, just do us a solid because it means a lot to us. Yes. It really does. Uh, oh yeah, did we plug our Patreon yet, or do I just keep slowly mentioning it and then get um, distracted? <laughs> yeah, just go ahead. And our Patreon, we're Brave Girls Podcast. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you pledge a dollar, you'll get a shout out. We ordered stickers. We're gonna have buttons made, and we're gonna make another goal for uh, or another like tier of donation. Like if you donate three dollars or something we'll send you a sticker something like that yeah we haven't made up our minds yet but so uh yeah there's more (laughs) rewards coming and there will be merch soon for um i just looked over and Lindsay's staring at me just eating a bunch of m&ms out of her hand can you like crunch it into the mic (laughs) peanut m&ms those are the The best best kind all right let's wrap this up (laughs) yeah okay So thank you for listening, Mm -hmm. and don't forget to wear your tinfoil hat, and keep looking up at the sky. Yeah. Tell us what you see. All right. Stay brave, and bye. Bye. Bye.